Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It is Friday, April 16th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Sporting Kansas City opens the 2021 season on Saturday at the New York Red Bulls, and we have just the right folks here to talk about it. Sean Goodwin covers the team for the Star, and among the many hats she wears, Allie Trost covers soccer as a reporter and host for Sports Radio 810. Allie's also an analyst for the KC NWSL team, and we talk about the opener last week against Portland in the Challenge Cup. Woso fell by a competitive 2-1 score, and things got a little chippy at the end. We break it down. But first, let's talk about the Sporting KC opener, which includes a new, if temporary, goalkeeper. Allie Trost and Sean Goodwin join us. Nobody knows soccer like these two. We're going to spend the next half hour or so talking. Sporting Kansas City and KC Woso. Uh, let's start with uh, let's start with Sporting since they open up on Saturday against the New York Red Bulls. And Sean, I did not know this that Sporting has the best opening game record among MLS teams, fourteen seven and four historically, which means. If I'm doing my ciphering right, this is season opener number 26 for Sporting. It's good omen for Sporting to have uh, to have success in the openers. Four of those wins have come on the road, and this one will uh, obviously uh, playing at the New York Red Bulls. But there's a lot going on with Sporting in terms of who's available and who is not. Let's get right into that. Uh, what did we uh-huh. learn about uh, What did we learn about Sporting this week? Yeah, we learned that somehow, some way, three of the club's four goalkeepers got injured. You know, I, I've had people ask if it was COVID or whatever, but uh, from what we've heard, no, it's not. So essentially, uh, Kendall Mack, Tim Melia, obviously the star, he's a big one. He's out. We don't know the reason with that. Kendall McIntosh is also out. He, he apparently has a face injury or an eye injury. Brooks Thompson, who's the, the new kid, he's what, only 19, 20, Ali? He is also uh, out injured. So, yeah, the only goalkeeper available for this weekend, and it looks like for the foreseeable future, is a uh, John Pulskamp and a short term lonely. Not the ideal scenario, Ali. Yeah, not the uh, position that you want to be in. Not at all. And yeah, I think the biggest concern is the fact that there are still a lot of question marks along this back line. Of course, they part ways with Matt Beasler, the center back room. You know, last year that we saw a lot of rotation there, and really the one thing kind of keeping it all together was Timelia and his leadership from uh, from between the the sticks. So I think that's going to be really interesting is how a backline that Jalen Lindsay, Luis Martins out on the wings, and how they're able to mesh with John Polskamp, who's getting his his first start in Major League Soccer. It's his MLS debut. So, you know, under the lights against a really competitive opponent that likes to play high press. That's a really stressful position to be in as a defense. So it's going to be really interesting. I think Vermees said it perfectly. A really tough opponent uh you know to be opening the season against but especially given the circumstances for this team yeah if i can just jump in real quick before we continue uh just because you mentioned a defense sally yeah also not just the goalkeepers but amadou dear is injured uh graham zussi is still injured from last year so as you said ali we're basically looking at Jalen lindsay on the right louis martin's on the left if they get injured you know at that point you're going to have to play a player out of position or switch to a back three because there's, there's no one else to play in those wing-back roles. Uh, and then, like you said, you know, obviously, Beasley's left in the centre-back room with a little bit of a rotation. Uh, so whether they play uh, Ismael Marin in his first game, in his MLS debut, with a MLS debut 19-year-old goalkeeper behind him against a high-pressing team on the road. You know, I'm, I'm just building layers at this point, right? It's just it's all adding up. So people consider a pretty even team strength-wise, honestly. How about a scouting report on Pulse Camp? He's a he's a big guy, bigger than Tim Melia, right? Yeah, six foot four. 
Uh, you know, I mean, Tim Melia, he's always been considered one of the smaller goalkeepers. But, you know, just his speed and his agility and, you know, obviously his penalty saving kind of makes up for it. But now, John Pulskamp, 6'4", 235 pounds, if I remember correctly. I mean, he's a big dude. Uh, you know, Ali might be able to weigh in a little bit more. Technical guy, good with his feet. He seems to be what Sporting KC likes to see from the goalkeepers. Yeah, he has all of the tools and the team, plenty of confidence in Pulse Camp and his abilities from Burmese to the players. I think it's a matter of does Pulse Camp have that confidence because there's going to be, you know, some first game jitters, I would imagine, you know, not just first game of the season, but like we, you know, talked about the debut. So I think it's just going to be a matter of of how this team is able to come out. And I know starting the game off on the right foot is always important in soccer to kind of give you a solid foundation, but especially when you're up against all of those different challenges that the sporting Kansas city team will be up against specifically, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, if New York's able to come out and, you know, catch them on the wrong foot and, and put in a couple or, or a goal early, that's going to really shake things up. So I think it's, it's coming out and starting, you know, with that first line of defense up top, I think that sporting's going to have to go into this game with a pretty defensive mindset early on just to maintain possession and really implement their style of play and make New York play to the way that sporting Kansas city wants to play, you know, Sean, another concern, I know we're talking about injuries here. They have a lot of options uh, and a lot of depth in the attack, but you know, like we talked about the Concern is with the wing backs uh, and of course with the goalkeeper position, how um, that's going to look. And they just got to stay healthy through this game, especially defensively. And I think the midfield's going to have to really help out as far as some of the defensive efforts go. When someone isn't 90 minutes fit, does Peter Vermees tend to not use them at all or use them partially? I think it's honestly going to be the other way. Um, I think he won't start. He might be on the bench and if Sporting really needs him. Vermees may bring him on. It's tough to say, especially with Polizo, because we, we heard this so many times last season too. I think fans are getting a little bit frustrated to get their star signing, the most expensive signing in club history is almost seems to be made of glass, honestly. Uh, I think he only played 12 games last season. Picking up injuries here, uh, when he was fit, he'd go on Mexican national team duty and then he'd get injured there. I mean, that's what's happened this time. He's picked up a knock. And every single time, you know, Peter would say, like, oh, you know, he's really close or he might play or, you know, he's available for selection, he's not fit. We don't even see him on the bench. That's why a lot of fans got a little bit angry about in the playoffs uh, last year. So, yeah, I, I don't think this time round, if we're going off past, uh, past experience, that Peter starts him, he might be on the bench if it's a tight game or Sporting's losing with, again, like Ali said, 60th minute mark, you know, 25, 30 minutes. We could definitely see him come on and at least get some minutes in and offer some fresh legs and new perspectives to the forward line. Yeah, Sean, when you say that, I think that's a, a fair assessment, especially given the playoffs last season where Vermees did say, you know, had the team not lost in that semifinal game against um, Minnesota, that Polito would have played in the very next game, which is also just kind of, ah, that stings to hear <laughs> because it's hard to look ahead uh, and save a player not knowing if you're even going to advance. So luckily, I would say that sporting, you know, they do have options when it comes to the attack, but there are a lot of question marks with some of those 
some of those depth pieces for sporting. This is a team that's a pretty good mix of older players. And by older, I mean like 26 and up. A good group of, of 18-year-old John Luca Busio, 22-year-old. So, you know, this is a, a team that's pretty split down the middle, almost 50-50 of young players who still have a lot to prove and, or, you know, haven't had a chance to prove anything at all. So I think that that's where maybe some of the unknowns come in addition to the unknowns at center back. It's the unknown and what does this team have of those young pieces and can they step up when an Allen Polito is not 90 minutes fit? And I think that's what we're going to find out early this season. Yeah, uh, before we move on, Blair, if we're talking about young players and we're talking about our players are not being fit, you didn't mention them, Ali. Uh, this is Wilson Harris breakout season, I'm telling you. 21 years old, so, you know, we, we hear he's new to the team, but, you know, like you said, it's already young anyway. So when you've got a 29, it's not like he's 16 or 17 and, you know, still in high school. Like he, He's a man, let's be honest. I, I couldn't tell you his uh, his exact height and weight, but I know he's a bigger guy. Uh, but no, he's looked great in preseason. Every time he, every time he plays, he seems to be grabbing goals. And, you know, Peace has always said, like, if you're performing well in preseason, if you're performing well when you're on the field and we're winning games, that's, that bodes well for you. And yeah, you look at the, what Sporting's options are up top, uh, you know, obviously, gig offers of Eric Hurtado. Shelton can play on the wing if need be. You know, shallowy on the left. He's there. We haven't really seen much of him the last couple of years. So you begin to ask, where, especially when Polizzo can't play, do you push Shelton out left and will Wilson Harris get an opportunity? I, I guess last year he was signing at the end of the season, but this is essentially his his rookie year, so to speak, his first full season. Uh, will he actually get a good look in and will he make the most of it? And I think he's a pure poacher. I think if we give him a good chance, he will make the most of the opportunity. Okay, let's take a break. And when we come back, we will continue our conversation with the KCNWSL team. They opened their season last week. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at 50 bucks, unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash SportsBeatKC offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Back with Ali Trost and Sean Goodwin talking soccer. And let's switch our attention to the NWSL team, which opened last Friday night in Portland. It was going to be a tall task uh, taking on the, the Portland Thorns. And Casey Woso came out with a 2-1 to one loss, uh, fell behind 2-zip, got a goal uh, in the second half to make it close and was pushing for the equalizer. And then a lot of stuff happened. At the end, but let's let's start with the game itself. How do you think the team played? How did they perform in their first their first game as a you know as a franchise? Yeah, you know, I think the fact that they were able to really put everything together and be as competitive as they were in that game, I think, is remarkable and is uh, a credit to just how great of a job this this organization has done and you know this team ready for for NWSL play, Challenge Cup, regular season, and. 
it wasn't perfect by any means, but missing a number of key players due to injury from some of the young players on this team. And yeah, they went down two goals. I think a, a negative and something to work on is the fact that both goals came from very similar situations. One off a set piece, one off of a cross into the box, both head ball goals for Portland Thorns. And it was really just a situation where defenders weren't tight enough on their marks, weren't aggressive enough uh, on the play. And, you know, whether they lost their mark, it was just those are things that Kansas City can work on and get better from defensively. Um, the fact that they were able to cut a two-goal deficit and, and make it a, a close competitive match, I think, says a lot about the grit and the fight that this team has. So, you know, that's another big positive, I think, moving forward. I think as far as, you know, combinations go in the attack and, and getting a little bit more refined in, in how they're creating and, and quality chances, that's going to come. We even heard after the game, Coach Hugh Williams talking about Victoria Pickett. She was given halftime instruction to, you know, be more aggressive getting into the box and creating and that's how the goal happens. So it's going to be a bit of a learning process and figuring out different players' strengths. You know, that's that's what the this last, you know, week and a half, two weeks of practice have been getting ready for Chicago, which by the way is a team that, you know, defensively, they've only allowed one shot on goal in 180 minutes. It'll be a tough task offensively for this team. But on the flip side, they haven't scored a goal now in two straight matches. So defensively, you know, that's something to look at for this Kansas City side is that, hey, you know, they're going up against a team that the more you go without scoring, it becomes more than just, you know, a technical thing. It becomes mental as well. So uh, I think it's going to be a, a good matchup for Kansas City. But, you know, a couple of weeks to, to figure out some of those mistakes. And I'm interested to see what uh, improvements they've made against Chicago on Tuesday. That Amy Rodriguez goal was a veteran goal, wasn't it? I mean, she was just right place, right time, and put it. That was that struck me as the the type of goal that you see from a veteran player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to see. Um, you know, we had a conversation just last week when we were on here, and it was kind of a conversation through preseason of Amy Rodriguez not taking her chances. You know, she scores a couple of goals in preseason, but not a good clip of what she should have been scoring, especially with the chances she had. Um, so, yeah, like you said, Blair's a veteran goal. She's taking on that criticism. And they actually outshot Portland 10 to 9, but only three of those shots were on targets. Uh, and when the team needs it, she popped up right time, right place to, to flick on a nice ball over the keeper's head. Um, so, now that's definitely a veteran goal, as you said. And you want to hopefully keep seeing it as we go forward now, especially against, as Ali says, a Chicago team. Uh, very solid defensively, but definitely not as, uh, not as dangerous offensively as Portland. You know, then you can ask the questions of can um, Kansas City begin to integrate a little bit more of those attacking qualities that we did see against Portland, like wing backs coming up. You know, we saw plenty of Chris and Edmonds. Michelle Maymong was coming up, but Maymong was a little bit quieter, I'll say, against Portland. So you're hoping in Chicago, you know, when if they do sit back a little bit more and don't have that offensive pressure, uh, we will see a little bit more of those attacking duties from the fullbacks and. Hopefully, see a little bit more service towards Amy Rodriguez, who can maybe bang me a couple of more, if not another player. Well, Ali, and you, you, uh, you mentioned that they showed some fight, literally, for the end of uh, of regulation. Take us through what happened and the result of the uh, chippy play at the end of the game. The whole thing happened so fast. So, Sean, if I miss anything, 
you can help me out here, but Simone Charlie gets sent off with her second yellow card in, I, I can't remember exactly what minute it was, but late in the game. Yeah. No, just talking about Simone Charlie. I mean, I was at um, NWSL debuting. Yeah, she was dirty all game as well, which I think was a big part of it. I remember she she pulled down a Kansas City defender with one point, I forgot who, and the big one was when she slid right into Abby Smith's chest with her studs up. And yeah. That was a clear red card. Every day of the week, plus two days that don't even exist, that is a red card. And she gets a yellow, so the players are pissed off about that. And uh, yeah, 90th minute it was, she got a dangerous studs up slide tackle, which eventually gets her sent off. So tempo's already high a little bit after that. Portland's wasting time with two on up, they bring the ball to the corner. And, it's, you know, the players are battling for it, which is fine. And then essentially Christian Edmonds and then Morgan Weaver for Portland seem to get a little bit a little bit tangled up and, you know, on one side, Morgan Weaver's got her hand around Christine Edmonds and as Christine Edmonds tries to run away, they both kind of take each other down. So, you know, things get a little bit chippy and as Christine Edmonds is walking away, Morgan Weaver kind of comes up and, you know, gives her an from behind almost. And I think that's the last straw for Edmonds because, again, you know, she lashes out with her hands, pushes it right into Morgan Weaver's face. And then they start, they kind of square up and whatnot. And the referee comes, all the players come over there, pushing and shoving. And eventually, yeah, uh, both Christine Edmonds and Morgan Weaver are sent off for uh, unsportsmanlike conduct, I guess is the correct way to say it. And then after that, so yeah, both players are sent off. Kansas City lose the game 2 1. And I do think it's worth mentioning too that after the fact, you know, it went through disciplinary hearings in Portland. Gate wants a good red card taken away as well. So uh, yeah, Christine Edmonds got an extra game. So she's banned for two games uh, for unsportsmanlike conduct. And Morgan Weaver actually got her red cards rescinded. Um, so she, you know, that was taken away. She was available to play last night against Chicago. And of course, Portland win one nil. Morgan Weaver's the goal scorer too. So if that rubs a little bit more salt in the wounds of Kansas City fans, uh, I absolutely understand why. This is a team, when talking about Kristen Edmonds, that's going to just miss and, and that fire and that pass with this team. That That's one of them is expected team that's going to you know, stand up for one another and, and, and fight till the very end. And I think that you did see that it did get a little, a little chippy there at the end and was a, a, a historical moment in NWSL. There had never been that many red cards uh, in an NWSL competitive match. So doubt we'll see that again, but that is just a credit to the passion of, of this squad that, you know, they're, they're going to, to stick up for one another. Mm -hmm. Sean, in, in a, um, a game gets to that point haven't the officials lost some control and throughout the game uh, to, to let it escalate to, to that level? Yeah, I mean, it, it's partly loss of control, of course. You, you can't say anyone is in control when something like that happens. Uh, but on the flip side, it, it's also just uh, a lack of responsible refereeing too. It just goes back right to what Ali and I were saying earlier in that there were decisions earlier in the game that should have been calls and punished at length. And when that keeps happening, players just kind of go, oh, I can do that. I can do this. And it just kind of escalates. And then when players again, one team's getting dirty, the other team's getting noise, and it just kind of escalates on and on. So, yeah, it's a, partly a loss of control. Uh, I, I commend the referee for uh, sending off Portland's coach, Mark Parsons, too. You know, oftentimes he was MCF referee. So, commend her for that. Uh, but for the actual play on the pitch, it wasn't great. But... You know, if I can just add on to what Ali was saying before we move on as well. Uh, so to see the first ever KC NWSL game, 
um, already good players are sticking up for each other. And I get obviously they came from Utah and they know each other. Um, but to see that, it's, I'm completely fine with it. I don't think it was worth another games ban, although many people probably do think it is. So, so yeah, I, I have no issues with what Chris Nervings did there, to be honest. It's true throughout sports, right? That you don't want to see the team, you know, your team back down. And look, you don't. Want, you also don't want to see a game end the way that, uh, that that it did, or have an incident that that rises to the level that this one did. But uh, it happened, and punishments have been handed out, uh, and, and we move forward. Uh, KCNWSL plays on Tuesday against Chicago in the Challenge Cup. Sporting Kansas City. Opens its season on uh, Saturday night against New York Red Bulls. Uh, looking forward to both games. And uh, Sean Goodwin, Ali Trost, really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Blair. Thanks, Ali. Thank you. Thanks, guys. That'll do it for today and this week on Sports BKC. Thanks to the production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Allie Trost and Sean Goodwin for stopping by and talking Sporting Kansas City and KCNWSL. Hey, we got another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus many more stories that appear only on the website. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. What a great time to subscribe. The Royals are off to a hot start. Our colleges are always making news. And of course, it is never not chief season, especially with the draft coming up at the end of the month. How do you get this deal? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. You want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, you just send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I will get you to the right place. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Monday with another episode.